heard this week that people were listening from a couple states over, and uh, so we want to acknowledge the, uh, our church family, extended church family that listen by podcast uh, to us. It's awesome to know we're not just reaching people and ministering to people inside this room, but literally all over the world as well, and uh, that's an awesome thought. And so today we're continuing on with this overcomer theme. Next week, uh, let me just mention as we'll wrap things up, we will be talking about the biggest command as in volume of times it's mentioned in all of the Bible, God says this, commands this more than any other thing. It's fear not. Do you know that? Fear not. And so why would God stress that so much? I think it's because we must have an issue with it, right? We must have a problem uh, with fear. And fear can hold us back. It can inhibit us. And so next week, be sure and be here. Bring somebody with you because nothing can hold you back, hold you down from all that God has for you like fear. And so we're going to learn how to overcome fear. But today we're going to look at a different aspect of what uh, God speaks about in being an overcomer in this life. How many of you have ever tried to think of maybe how you describe yourself? You ever done that? Maybe just take a moment and just think about if you had to describe yourself in one, two, or three words, what would that be? You know, what, what would those words be that you would share? Um, maybe for some guys here, it would be tall, dark, and a handsome, you know. Uh, for others of us, uh, maybe it would be something a little bit different. Maybe uh, it would be short, fat, and stubby. Uh, maybe it would be um, fit or fat or hipster or maybe outgoing, or shy, or likable, or loner, husband, mother, single, divorced, rich, broke, uh, maybe boater, knitter, sower, uh, fisherman, successful, failure, good person, try to be a good person. Uh, I, I don't know what description you might have, but what I do know is, is that many of us receive labels. Many of us are classified as something. There's some phrase or something that someone maybe has put on us. Perhaps it was even a first grade teacher. Maybe it was somebody on the playground. Maybe it was somebody last week that said something and just kind of stuck to you. Uh, maybe for some of us is something we just picked up ourselves. We, we just started claiming some title, some description over our lives, and, and, and now we claim that. For some people, it might be Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative or lazy or driven. We all carry labels. Some can be positive, hard worker, talented, loved. Some are not so positive, unloved, disappointment, failure, divorced, misfit, inadequate, unwanted, weak. And here's the thing. We can become those things. If we put those things on us, if we allow those things to be put on us, they can actually shape 
who we become. And so just for a moment, just think, what label have you allowed to be placed on you? What label has impacted your life? You know, for those of us who have kids, maybe you realize that here at Crossroads Church, we label every kid. We label them with their name that you tell us about, right? And your name and whatever, and information. And that way, you take the same kid home that you brought, okay? Because you have to do that, all right? You, you have to take the same one that you brought. You have to take that one home or those one's home. And uh, in life, you know, those labels are so powerful. And here's the thing about it, and this is, this is very powerful. Think about this. The longer we carry a label, the less it describes our past and the more it determines our future. The more it's determining what's ahead of our lives, and that's powerful. There was research that was done several years ago by Rosenthal and Jacobson. I don't know if you've ever seen this. You can Google it. And they did this research, and here's what they did. They decided that they would tell these teachers that these students got higher scores than they actually did in an IQ-type exam. And, and so they told these, oh, these are smart kids. Wow, look at these scores they got. And you get to teach them. And what was amazing is how those kids performed. Because they began to live up to being smarter than they actually were. Now, what played into that and whether the teachers taught differently or whether the kids just believed in themselves differently or whatever happened exactly in that environment, what's important is is that those kids began to live up to the new label that they had upon them. And today, here's my hope, is that some of you will live up to the true label that God has for you. How's that sound? That, that you wouldn't live up to the false label that maybe someone else has put on you or that you picked up yourself, but that you would begin to live into all the label that God has for you. And so I want us to look today at a story that will help illustrate this. It's in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 2. And um, Uh, as we look at this, we're going to see how to overcome labels because this guy that came to Jesus had a label. And maybe it was, you know, invalid, um, unable to work, unemployable, um, you know, a drag on the system. Uh, This guy probably couldn't do any more than beg. Uh, This is a day before wheelchairs and certainly before powered wheelchairs, right? And so here's what happens. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. You you couldn't get in there. The house was just like sardines. And even outside the door, you you couldn't even get close to the house. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying 
a paralyzed man on a mat. Again, uh, this guy had no other way of getting there. Verse 4, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. Imagine this story, how that Jesus is in this packed house. It's just incredible. And this guy who's broken, who is afflicted, who is unemployable, who's a burden, who's a beggar, who's unwanted, who's a sinner. Uh, And in that culture, probably a lot of people would say, well, who sinned? Did this guy sin or did his parents sin that he would be like this? And so there'd be all kinds of labels that could be on this man, but I want to give you three practical things that I see in this story that can help you, that can help me to get the label off that God wants to remove today and put on the label that he has for us. You ready to be free? I said, are you ready to be free? All right. Here's the first one. Here's the first one, is your faith of your friends matters. The faith of your friends matters. It it matters who you hang out with. Do you know that? It, It matters who you associate with because you need some people, listen to this, you need some people in your life who will bring you to Jesus who will bring you closer to Jesus. You need some people in your life that when you're down, when, when, you don't, when you don't feel like you've got the strength, anybody been there to even get to Jesus? When you, when you feel like, I, I, I can't even go to church, I, I can't even do, and then they say, oh no, you're going. No, we're, 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 we're going. We're gonna pick you up and bring you to Jesus. How many need some more friends like that, right? You need, you need some more friends that will just say, you know, and, and these guys, they're, they're the kind of guys that don't take no for an answer. The, these are the kind of guys that, you know, even if there doesn't seem to be a way, they'll make a way. They're going to make a way because they're, they're not going to give up so easily. And what would this story, I don't know, uh, this is just what I think when, when I imagine this. What would have happened if this guy didn't have these friends? Where would he be? What, what would happen to this guy? Nothing would happen to this guy. Every day would just continue to be the same. But this day is going to be different because of the friends that this guy has chosen. Listen to me, everyone who's a student, everybody who maybe you've got parents that bring you to church. No, they drag you or they force you to come to church. I'm telling you, you've got great parents, all right? You, you have awesome parents. And here's why. We've had speakers here just a few weeks ago that said how that they, they were sharing when they were speaking how that their parents for, like forced them to go to church, but how great that was because they didn't know what a deposit that they had in there until they needed to make a withdrawal from that deposit later when life smacked them up the side of the face. And let me tell you something, eventually it will. The odds will catch up. How many know that? 
eventually it will catch up. And when that moment comes, you'll be thankful you've got some song lyrics in your head. You'll be glad that you've got some songs there. You've got some verses there. You've got some faith there that you can pull from so that you can move toward Jesus in your life. And so these guys, they they were so essential. They were so important in the story. And I'm telling you, the people you surround yourself with, they are important in your story. Because when you have the wrong label on, you need the right friends to be there for you. And then look at the perspective of Jesus, because that matters. The perspective of Jesus matters, because his perspective of who you are can be different of who you think you are. Do you know that? And and so Jesus looks at this guy and he says, my son, your sins are forgiven. To which, I don't know, maybe Joe and Bob and Joe Bob and Steve, whoever, that are on the roof looking down, you got to have a Joe Bob, right? Because you got to have somebody, somebody that said, let's tear this guy's roof off, <laughs> you know. Let's just, let's just tear his roof up and bring him down there to Jesus, you know. You got to have somebody that comes up with that, you know. And, and, and so these guys are looking down and they're like, uh, no, his sticker says he can't walk. His sticker's unemployed or unemployable because he can't get to work. He can't do work. He can't, you know, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, that's awesome, all this spiritual stuff you're, you're doing right now, but, but that's not really why we brought him here. But Jesus looks not at the symptom, but he looks at the source of your problem, see? And some of you, you come in here today and you think, oh, you know, I I need a boyfriend, I need a girlfriend, I need a job, I need a better job, I need some more money, I need a better car, I need this, I need that, I need these. And and Jesus says, hmm, you're talking symptoms. I'm talking source. What you really need is me today. What you really need is me in your life. What you really need is the power of my spirit exploding inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of us. That's what you really need. And then we'll get around to the other stuff, right? And and so Jesus sees this from a whole different perspective than what we, we see ourselves so often. And so today, don't think about what, what symptom you have. Think about the source that you need to tap into. Think about the source of who he is because, because what you really need is not just a new sticker. You need a new identity. And that happens from the inside out. It happens from the inside out. And then the third thing is labels may describe, but Christ defines. Christ defines us. See, a label can describe you, whatever label that is that we talked about, but your identity is what Christ defines you as. And, and that's huge. That's so important. And nobody like the Apostle Paul to tell us some more about that in Galatians. Here's what he says in Galatians 
He says, there's no longer Jew, there's a sticker, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female. He says, no, 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 you're more than that. You are all one in Christ Jesus. See, see, when God looks in this room, he doesn't see Republican, Democrat, black, white, rich, poor, or anything else. How many know America could use some more of that in our culture today, that, that we don't look at people by their label? We look at people like Jesus looks at people, and he says, no, you're all children of God. You're, you're all children of God. And then Jesus, he gets around to this in verse 10 of our story. Let's pick it back up. He says, so, so Jesus says, so I will prove that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And this man, sure enough, gets up, picks up his mat, and all of a sudden, a crowded room isn't so crowded anymore because everybody's, whoa, check it out. Because this guy, he has done, picked up his mat, walked, and dropped the mic on his way out. It, like, there, just take that, right? Just look at that. Because in a moment, in an instant, his life is changed and everyone is praising God because of the awesome things that they have seen today, that they've beheld. They've seen God's power at work. They've seen this man's life, his identity totally changed. But here's the thing. How many people went home the same? You ever think about that? How many people that day just, just went home the same? And how many people could be here today or go to church and be in the presence of God, be in, in, in the atmosphere of the power of God's Holy Spirit and still go home the same? My prayer today is that God, don't let anybody go home the same way they walked in. May everybody be changed. May not one person come into the presence and power of God and his Holy Spirit and walk out the same way that you walked in. You don't have to. You can be changed. You can be changed. Turn to the person next to you and say, it can happen to you. It can happen to you. Just tell them that. Many of you know that I went to India just a few weeks ago on a missions trip for a week, and in preparation, thinking about going on that trip, uh, getting ready to spend 18, 19 hours in an airplane, uh, I thought, I need a new neck pillow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so... So I thought, you know, I, I'm going to look online, see what's available, and so I start check things out, and uh, I looked through, I don't know how many, and decided, oh, that one looks good, looks all puffed up and everything, hold your head up and, and all on the plane, I thought, that'd be good, and so I clicked on it, ordered it, and uh, got shipped to me, and I opened it up, and I didn't think that the picture on the screen looked the same as what I got in the box. Anybody ever have that? 
Anybody ever have life disappoint you? Anybody say online dating? Or something like that, perhaps. We won't go there, but uh, we could. Uh, but, uh, you know, here's the thing is, is I got that and I thought, huh, that doesn't look as fluffy, you know, as full as it looked online. And, and so Rochelle, she's like, well, that isn't very big. And I said, well, you know, it looked bigger online. I showed her the picture. She said, yeah, it doesn't look the same. And I said, well, you know, it is what it is, I guess, or whatever. And, and she said, well, you ought to get rid of that. And I got to thinking about that. And I waited a few days. I waited a couple days. I kept looking at it like it's going to swell up and get bigger. <laughs> and it didn't. And so I thought, yeah, I, I shouldn't have to live with this for 18, 19 hours on the plane. I, I shouldn't have to put up with this. And, and so I started researching, what do I do about this? And so I found out that all I need to do is take that box and that pillow and my paper that, that came with it and take it to a local department store in Plainfield, Indiana, and walk up to the customer service counter and hand them my, my merchandise and my paper, and, and which I did because I was going down that way anyway. And so I thought, well, I'll just try this. And so I walked in, customer service, had my paper in my hand, my, my, my deflated neck pillow <laughs> in my box, and I handed it to her. She acted like she was expecting me, like she'd already seen that deflated uh, <laughs> pillow before or whatever, I don't know. And so she took it, knew what to do, scanned it, and within seconds, literally seconds, she printed out a, a receipt for me, and I walked out. I didn't tape up the box. I didn't do anything. She, I guess she did all that. All I did was walk out free. And I thought about that in preparation for this message today. And I just wondered how many people might be here today walking around carrying something that you don't need to carry anymore. I wondered how many people have received something, somebody spoke something into your life, somebody tried to give something to you and put something on you and you've been walking around, some of you maybe have been walking around for years with something that doesn't belong to you, that you don't have to accept, you don't have to live with it, you don't have to fly with it, you don't have to drive with it, you don't have to walk with it any longer, you can do something about it today it's possible for you to return to sender you can send it back from where it came from. I was thinking about how Jesus one day had Peter say to him something. And, and it was like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go to the cross and whatever. And he said, whoa, hold on. I'm not receiving that. I'll tell you what, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Anybody remember that story? And, 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 and what he was doing is saying, I know where that came from. 
And I'm telling you, there's some people here today, you need to know where that package came from. That thing that's trying to hold you back and hold you down and keep you from being all God wants you to be. It's time to take it and send it back to the pit where it came from. You don't have to have it any longer. I was thinking also about a story in Joshua chapter 2 where a gal named Rahab was living in Jericho and two spies came. Joshua had sent them out, said, look at the land, figure it out, come back, give us a report. These two spies wind up in this prostitute's house. And, and maybe because her house was right on the wall and you could just jump out the window and get away. Maybe because God had a different plan for her life, too, is why they found her house. Because she hid these spies. She took matters into her hands. She put her life at risk. And here's the reason why she said to these guys, I believe that your God is the true God. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, could a God take Rahab the harlot, Rahab and, and her sticker, Rahab the prostitute. Eight times in the Bible, Rahab is mentioned. Six of those times, it calls her Rahab the prostitute. All those times, just that label on her. And she wondered that day, is it possible that your God could be my God? Is it possible that your God could look over my label, could look over the life I've lived, could look over all my past, all my scars, all my junk, all my stuff, and somehow, some way, become my God? And I want to say, oh, yes, he can, and he will to anybody that's here today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so... As a result, listen to this, not only did Rahab get rescued, not only did she help these spies so that Israel could come in there and take over, not only did she do all that, but listen, out of those eight times that she's mentioned, one of the times that it drops off the sticker from her name is in Matthew chapter 1, where Matthew, a Jewish believer, said, I need to tell you just how Jesus came into this world. I need to go ahead and just give you the authority to know that he is the true Messiah, that he is Jewish all the way back from our forefathers. And as he begins to list the lineage of, of Jesus, all of a sudden, a name pops out to me. That name is the same name as Joshua chapter 2 because the great, 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 great grandma of Jesus is Rahab. Come on, somebody. I mean, you talk about getting the label off. She, not only does the label come off, but she comes into the lineage of Jesus. And that is the power of the gospel. 
That is the power of the good news. That is the power today to cause anyone in this place who walked in here with a label, and I don't care who spoke it over you, who said it over you. I don't care if you took it on yourself. I don't care where it came from. If it didn't come from God, it can come off today, and a new name can come into your life. Give him praise if you believe that. See, her past was not too big to be forgiven. And God is way too big to be able to stop in what he wants to do in each of our lives. God wants to put a new vision in your life today. 2 Corinthians, let's read another passage. Some of you may not believe it yet, so here's, here's the proof. Anyone, everybody say that, anyone. Do you know what anyone means? That means you. That's who that means. It means anyone in this place today who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has become. It's begun in you. It started in you. And, and see, here's what God wants to do today. God doesn't want to make you just nicer, Okay? You could join the Boy Scouts or something, you know, you, you could join a club and just, you know, a nice club and just be nicer and, and do nice things for people or whatever. God do, God's not interested in making a better you. Listen, God is in the business of making a new you, a new version, a new person, and, and to transform you. What he did for Rahab and what he did for others, he will do for you. And not only that, but the guy who wrote that knew all about it. He says that my name was Saul, and listen to my story. What I used to do is go around killing Christians, trying to eliminate the name of Jesus, try to put this thing down. And I would, I would authorize the killing, the capturing of Christians. But then me, the most unlikely to be chosen, was chosen by God. And I went from Saul to Paul, and now I'm writing half the New Testament. Somebody top that, right? That's amazing what God can do. And let me tell you something. The same God of Saul and Paul is my same God today. Come on, somebody. And he can do for you what no other power can do. I got to calm down here. I'm liable to jump off the stage because I'd like to come down there and pull some stickers off today. Mmm. I thought about that. I thought we could just give out stickers today. Everybody write down. Then I thought some people won't do it. <laughs> you know, what life's labeled them. But I'm telling you, God wants to rip those old stickers off and put a new name on you. Here's what he says in Isaiah. Let's read it together. Isaiah 62, he says, you will be given a new name. And who's going to give it to you? This is what blesses me. It's by the Lord's own mouth. See, it's not what the church says. It's not what somebody else says. It's not anybody else. It's what God says. 
And here's what's important today. I I hope you get this. What's important is not so much what I say or what somebody else says. And again, you need to have good people in your life. They're speaking good things over your life, and I hope you do. And if you don't, you you need to get in a life group. You need to get with some people in this church that will be that for you. But more than all of that, I want you to know today, if you stand alone in this place and you feel isolated and no one cares and no one knows, there is one who cares and knows and has a new name that he wants to put on you. And listen, here's the new name, because some of you, uh, I I told you at the beginning, you know, what, what name would you come up with, you know? One, two words to describe yourself. What, what would that be like? And I believe God has three words that he would describe you as. And here they are. Child of God. Child of God. So when you look in the mirror, when you look at your life, When you think about your future, when you think about your past, when you think about everything in your life, I want you to know here's what God thinks. God thinks child of God. And there's just something big, there's something powerful when certain people speak things over you. You know what I'm saying? There's like people, you know, I don't know if maybe you have this, where there's people who will say kind things to you like, oh, yeah, you've got a good backstroke or, you know, you've got a good swing there and, and all. And, 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 you know, they can't swing their way out of anything, you know, I mean, and you kind of take it with a grain of salt. You're like, oh, okay, you know, but when somebody that you love, honor and respect says something over you, how many perk up? I want to tell you that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, the one who breathed into the dust, and it became life and life to the full, the one who spoke the sun into existence, the one who holds all things together according to the power of his name, the one who is king of all kings and lord of all lords. That person, that voice is the one I'm talking about today. And he says over you, child of God. Come on, somebody. So here's what I want you to do. If you've come in here with a different label, if you've come in here with something else on you, if somebody spoke over your life, I believe today's the day you ought to ship it back. I believe today's the day that you need to know that you know you don't have to live with that any longer. No. No, no. The, you, the creator of the universe says something different about you. And if you are a child of God, if you are an heir of Jesus, you are able to receive all that God has for you. How many love that, right? That you, you can just receive all that God has for you today. And so here's my prayer. God, 
help us to get that label off. Help us to ship it back from where it came from. Help us not to be confined, to be constrained, to be held back any longer by things that have been spoken over us, but may we only say those things that you say. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word, that you are able to set us free through what you declare And so, Lord, today, for those of us who maybe have accepted a false label over our lives and and held us back, we pray that you'll help us to have the strength, the courage, the boldness to rip it off today, to ship it back to where it came from and just say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to be constrained, confined. I'm not going to be constricted. I'm not going to have that over me any." longer. If you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I don't want anything from my past. I don't want anything that anyone's spoken over me. I don't want anything that I picked up myself and have attached to my life to hold me back from all that the creator of the universe has for my life. I want to live this life to the full. I want to live in freedom. I want to live in liberation. I want to live accordance to all that God has for my life. I believe that he is my father and I am a child of God. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand way up in the air and say, yes, I believe that over my life. Father, today you see every hand that's raised and God, I don't know all the stickers in this room. I don't know all the words that have been spoken that have just stuck on someone's life. But you do. You were there when it happened. You were there when we took that on and put it in our life. And God, today, nothing would thrill you more than for us to take it off and to be all you want us to be. And so, God, I pray that today would be a day of liberation that today would be a day of freedom, that today would be a turning point in our lives for your honor, for your glory. As we keep praying, there could be others of you that maybe there's an emptiness in your heart and life, and and maybe it's because something needs to change. And, And again, here's the thing with God. He makes all things new. And if you need a new life, if you need a newness, a freshness, a new start, a new beginning, God specializes in those. And if you're here today and you say, oh, Craig, if that's the case, if I could have a new life, if I could be changed, If I could get rid of the past and become a new person in Him, I want that so desperately in my life. I want to invite God. I want to invite Jesus into my life today. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I need that. Yes, I see that. Yes, I see that. Yes, I see that hand. Over here, God bless you guys. Anybody else? All right, several around the room have raised their hands. So we're going to pray, church family, and, and a new life 
is going to start for some people here in just a moment. A newness like you've maybe never experienced before is going to happen. So church family, help me pray. Help these guys pray, especially those who raise their hand. Just pray this to God right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross. I believe his death paid for all my sin. And I know I've sinned. But I want to start over. I want a fresh start. So please wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on.